have a message today. I'm going to try to be done in 30 minutes to two hours. Yes. <laughs> I find the older I get, the harder it is to quit. But um, amen. And I thank you for being here today. I'm uh, just astounded at what God is doing, and what he wants to do, and what he's going to continue to do in our life, if we let him, if we let him. Um, I um, just enjoy seeing our young people be used of the Lord. I think it's important that they get involved. They are the church of today. Amen. I'm excited about April 30th. Fifth Sunday with our children. Amen. And uh, again, sometimes people won't come out, but they'll come out to see your kids. Amen. They'll come out to see your children. And in fact, that's where the Matsons are at today. They're out seeing their granddaughter who's doing something at another church. So that'll, it's an attraction. And any way to get them out to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. But Luke chapter 16, uh, Luke chapter 16, this Wednesday, remember, uh, uh, Brother Pearson announced it, but uh, we will be taking the Lord's Supper together this Wednesday prior to Easter Sunday. The Lord's Supper will be on Wednesday night. Amen. Luke chapter 16, stand for the reading of God's word today. Amen. And then... Resurrection Sunday, we'll celebrate. It is a time of celebration. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, touch me today. I think it's a, it might be a little too cold in here for some. And uh, we don't want to freeze you out. I know... Uh, not for Brother Allen. He told us that he doesn't matter how cold you keep it. He <laughs> There's been a lot of discussion on what I'm about to read, whether this was a true story or a parable. I'm not going to get into all that. I do believe that it may represent the nation of Israel and the Gentiles. But yet Jesus gives it as a story and in the verse 19, it reads, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried to uh, by the angels to Abram, Ham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, Remember that in your lifetime, you received good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now, he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, 
There is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here uh, to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. One more passage, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care, everybody say, all my care, upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Praise God. Everybody say, resist him. You may be seated. title I put on today's message is care now or care later care now or care later I received the phone call quite a few years ago but it's a young married man on the phone had called me and I knew his brother I did not know him but I could hear the desperation in his voice. He had been married already a few years, but now he was fearful that his wife was going to leave him. In fact, she pretty much did and had moved out. He knew I was a pastor, and he wanted counsel. He wanted help on what he should do and what could be done so that he would not lose his wife. He did not want to lose her. But in the conversation, he began to confess that I haven't been a good husband. I've acted like I didn't care about my marriage. I acted like I didn't care to come home and be with her. I acted like I didn't just care, he said, about the whole situation. I'd be in a bad mood. I'd be angry. He said... I just basically cut her off and my family. He said, but now that she's left me, I don't want to lose her. Now that she's gone, I want to get her back. And I'm afraid I can't get her back. In other words, what he was telling me is I really care now about my marriage when before I didn't really care or I was showing that I didn't care 
But now that she's gone, I care. Why is it? Why is it in life that oftentimes we must lose something before we really understand how much we care for something? It's quiet in here today. Can somebody say amen to that? I have found, and we were talking, and I was even instructed in Bible college that as Abraham had told the rich man, and we call him Dives, and if you wonder what Dives mean, Dives means rich man, That's, and I'm going to call him Dives. That is the name we've given him. But he says, if, they'll, if one will go back from the dead, then they'll care. They'll repent. But he says, no, they won't. So they've got Moses and the prophets, and if they won't hear Moses and the prophets, they will not Repent even though one rises from the dead. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of people that if you won't receive it from the pulpit, if you won't receive it from the pulpit, it's doubtful you'll receive it one-on-one -on -one counseling. I have found that in pastoring to be true. Praise God. Those that care about the preached word of God, amen, are those that God helps, those that God delivers. Can you say amen to somebody? I told the man, I said, I, the only thing I know to do, I said, is to write her a letter. She didn't want to talk to him. Tell her that you do care for your marriage, that you are sorry that you acted like you didn't care then, but you do care now. And that you don't want to lose her. But that if she decides to go, you understand, amen, you'll make it in life, though you really want to spend it with her. Amen. What else could he do? Amen. He had made his bed, and now it was time to lie in it. Praise God. But I'm here to tell you, the lesson learned is you better care now because later you probably will care. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many people have I talked to? It's after they've lost their health that they care about their health. Amen. It's after they've lost that loved one that they care about that loved one. But I'm here. God's given us an opportunity to care now. Somebody shout amen. I believe one of the cruelest weapons the enemy employs on us is to get us not to care. Not to care. Whether we've never cared or whether we lose our care. Amen. Because Satan knows that if we begin to care, it will cause us to do something about it. Amen. Can you say amen? And, and, and he knows that if we do something about it, then something will happen. So he wants to get you not to care. 
not to care. Amen. How many times have people started out coming to church, loving to come to church, loving to worship God, and all of a sudden you begin to miss them, and they no longer worship anymore like they used to. I'm telling you what's happened is they don't care like they used to care. Amen. It, it, it's as simple as that. You do something about things you care about. Because care causes you to do something. It was God's love and his care for the world that caused him to do something. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Amen. And because he loved the world, because he cared for the world, he did something about it. And it says he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm glad God cares. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. I don't question whether God cares. I know God cares. But the question is, do you care that he sent his son? Do you care that he came and, and died for our sins? Most people ask this question, amen, does God care? We go through things in life things happen we see suffering we we see pain we see injustice and they wonder whether god cares or not amen but the answer to the dilemma of suffering the answer to the dilemma of pain and injustice is not only if god cares amen but the question is do we care do you care do you care? Because he does care. But we must care also. We must care too. T-O-O. This story that Jesus gave of the beggar Lazarus shows us that God cared about his suffering. You say, well, if God cared so much, why didn't he do something about it? He did. Well, number one, he put him at a rich man's door. But the other thing, when he saw the rich man wouldn't help him, he went ahead and took him home to heaven so that he didn't have to suffer anymore. Because God cares. Everybody say, God cares. But in that suffering situation, amen, the obstacle wasn't that God didn't care. The obstacle was that the rich man didn't care. Who was at his gate? He didn't care. He had other things to care about. You know, the party he was having. The food he was eating. The restaurant he was going to go out to. Amen. The home he was living in. How it was decorated. He had other things to care about. But as far as Lazarus was concerned at his gate, he just plain didn't care. Amen. Not caring can cause you to make bad decisions. I don't care what mom and dad tell me. I just don't care. You ever get that attitude? 
No? Well, God bless you, Chris. Got a good boy here. I just don't care. Amen. That's all right. You may not care now, but I guarantee you, you'll probably care later. Especially when dad gets the belt out. Oh, hello, somebody. <laughs> you may not care now, but chances are you will care later. Because when you don't care, you make decisions that you often later regret. And we find this regret in this story that Jesus gives about Dives, the rich man, and Lazarus, the beggar. Because it wasn't long after that Lazarus died that Dives dies also. And you see, when he woke up in Hades, or I think the King James Version uses the word hell, and whatever that abode is, I, I, I do, I'm not theologically smart enough to know a man. I don't believe it's the lake of fire, but it is a place of torment. It is a place. And, and you see, it was there when he woke up there in torment. You see, all of a sudden, something got a hold of Dives. He began to care. He began to care. <laughs> you see, you see action in him now. You see him wanting to do something now. You see him caring for his lost brothers now. Amen. In fact, it's unfortunate, but it's now that he can't do anything about it. Amen. Let me tell you something. Friend. Quit smoking while there's something you can do about it now. Before you lose your health and you have to be on oxygen. Amen. And you regret. Do something about it now. You've got to care now. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody today. <laughs> it, it, it was that torment. Abraham, he said, he said, send Lazarus. Well, first of all, he wanted Lazarus to dip his finger in water to cool his scorching tongue. And many say, well, if his whole body's in flames, amen, why is he wanting his tongue scorched? I believe it is a, it's, it's thoughts of torment that are tormenting him. Amen. Those thoughts of tormenting coming to him of what he could have done and how he should have cared and what he should have done and all of that awaiting him, that, that flame of thought that he was, that he was just taken over in him. And, and, and you know how when you're nervous and, and you're in torment, it makes you thirsty. And he just wanted Lazarus to come and dip his finger in water to cool his scorching tongue. But, but Abraham said, no, no, you, 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 you remember when in life do you remember oh we don't like to remember do we when we don't like to be reminded but I'm here to tell you God's going to remind you about some things amen you might be at, uh, it might be late at night in bed but he's going to remind you of some things that you should have cared about and, and so he says do you remember amen in your life that you were comforted and Lazarus was tormented well now it's Lazarus's turn to be comforted and now it's your turn to be tormented there's nothing we can do about it because there's a great gulf that's fixed between us we can't go to you and you can't come to us 
Father Abraham sent Lazarus back then. Notice how he's caring about his brothers right now. Send Lazarus back to tell my brothers not to come to this awful place. Because you see, they're living like I was living without a care. He said, no, can't do that. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Huh. He says, no, we've got to do more than that. We've got to do more than that. Don't, don't you care, Abraham? Oh, yeah, I care. That's why God gave Moses and the prophets. You notice, you notice when it's your loved one, you never think people are doing enough. So now Dives is his brother. He just don't think Abraham's doing enough. Or God's doing enough now. But he said, wait a minute. He's got Moses and the prophets just like you had. No, no, no. Don't you, don't you see? Don't you see, Brother Coiner, that if you'll let them sing in the choir, they'll get saved? You don't use them because you just don't care. Abraham, I know how we can get my brothers to repent. Send Lazarus back. No, they've got Moses and the prophets. If they won't hear them, they're not going to believe the one even, is, even one rises from the dead. They're not going to repent. Amen. Because they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. Everybody say they don't care. Amen. Some of you, you know, sometimes we waste our time on people that just don't care. Maybe we need to spend time on people that do care. On people that do want to hear. On people that are hungry to hear the message. Can you say amen somebody? Hallelujah. If they won't hear, he said, they, they won't believe the one is raised from the dead. Now, can I tell you something? Don't make God jump through hoops to prove to you that he cares. Don't make God jump through hoops to prove to you that he cares. I'll tell you why. Because he may not do it. And if you're basing whether he cares or not on what you demand him to do, he may not do it. And you may be like Dives, regretting that you didn't care. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He may let you die with your selfish attitude and let you spend eternity then caring. Oh, God. Is this too hard today? I don't know. So. You know what preaching's all about? Bible says preaching is to save them which believe. The reason it saves them which believe because unbelievers can't be saved. Doesn't mean you don't preach it to them. They just don't believe it. But it saves those that do believe because they care enough to do something about the preaching of the word. Amen. And preaching is designed to get you to care. 
I said, preaching is designed. I need to hear preaching. I care what's preached. I still care what's taught. I need to hear it because I care what the word of God has to say. Short amen, somebody. Praise God. Preaching to care where you will spend eternity. I care that Jesus died for my sins. Amen. To care for people who are lost. It was Jonah's preaching to Nineveh that caused Nineveh to repent. It was preaching that caused them to repent. It was a Nineveh that didn't care what God's ordinances were. That didn't care what God said. But when the man of God showed up on the scene, although as reluctant as he was, but I'm not going there, but he, he got to Karen too after he spent three days in the belly of a big fish. Don't make God put you in the belly of the big fish to get you to care. Don't make him give you cancer to get you to care. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Don't let him take your kid before he gets you to care. Come on, praise God. We got to care now or you'll care later. It was the preaching of the word that Nineveh went and preached, told them what God was going to do. And they went from non-caring to caring. And because they started caring, they started praying, they started fasting, and they started repenting. And God touched them and didn't destroy them like he said he was going to. Because why? Because they began to care. Because they began to care. You better care what your kids are taught now. You better care what they're watching now and what you were teaching on today and all that technology. You better care what they're doing now. Amen. Because if you don't, you probably will care later. Amen. Amen. Care now, care later. It's Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost that caused the Jews who didn't care about this man, Jesus, who had been crucified 50 days earlier. Amen. They had heard about this crucifixion, this man, but they didn't really care. But it was when on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was given that Peter began to preach Jesus Christ. And then with those words, he said, he was the, he was the Messiah whom you crucified. And when they heard those words, some of them could have said, well, I wasn't here in Jerusalem at that time. I didn't shout crucify him, crucify him. So it ain't my problem. My hands are clean. He said, no, he said, to whom you have crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. And the word of God says when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. You see, conscience to them, and the reason preaching doesn't work in our culture as well as it worked in their culture is because their conscience came from them from the outside. That's why God sent them prophets. That's why he sent a prophet to David, Nathan. They, they, their conscience came from those that told them they were doing wrong. We expect it to come from the inside. I'm going to tell you, mom and dad, your kids are not going to know right from wrong from just what they feel is right and wrong. They've got to hear it from you. And you've got to care enough to tell them. You might get mad mom and dad preaches at you, but one day you'll be glad they preach to you. Praise God. Amen. Care now, care later. Care now, care later. And when Peter preached that they were convicted because they heard, oh my God, we are guilty of crucifying our Messiah. And when they begin to feel that, when they begin to care that this Jesus 
died 50 days prior. Amen. That's when they asked the question. When they began to, those that cared said, men and brethren, what shall we do? I care now. And that's when Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children and to all those that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and he's calling today and that promise is to you today and the only thing that holds you back from receiving it is whether you care or not whether you care or not whether you care or not. Some of you don't even care what's being preached today. You don't care about being here. You, you just don't really care. But one day you'll wish, oh, if I could go back. Seeing people hold on to pews and clutched hands and just to keep from going to an altar after they feel the conviction of God. And to walk away without receiving what God has for them. And how many have I talked to that have said, Oh, if I had it to do over. Why did I care so much of what the world thought? So you're going to care about something. Some voice. You know the difference between the Good Samaritan and the Levite and the priest? The Levite and the priest that Jesus gave that story about the, the, the man that was going on the road to Jericho and he fell among thieves and they left him half dead and laid him on the side of the road and the priest walks by, walks on the other side, Levi walks by, leaves him. Dead. They don't do anything about him. They're supposed to be religious folk. The difference between them and the good Samaritan that stopped and helped the man and put him on his beast and took him to the inn, poured oil and wine in his wounds and helped take care of him. The, the basic difference is that the good Samaritan cared. And the Levite and the priest had other cares. I pray God, let me care about the things that you care about. I pray that God, let me care about the things that you care about. God hates sin, but he cares for the sinner. Amen. He loves the sinner because he cares. He died for you and me while we were yet sinners because he cares. He did something about it, but if you don't care that he died for you, it will do you no good. You got to care that he died for you. You got to care. I'm reaching for somebody that doesn't care today, and that's so hard. Everybody that cares is saying, amen, preach it, you know, and all that. But what we're reaching for is that person that's sitting there. Where's my phone? Texting my phone. Is he through yet? Preaching a little long today. Where are we going out to eat? I don't care. I don't. Oh, God, there'll be one day you care, though. Don't lose your care for the things of God. It's easy. You get bitter. You get hurt. I don't care about that church anymore. People, bunch of hypocrites. Well, join the crowd. We're all hypocrites. Amen. Life's too short not to care. Come on, somebody. I, 
Oh God. I don't want to be caring later, Lord. Now you can do something about it. I, I don't know all the details. I just know that the man was dying. And in the process of <clears throat> hearing the story that this man became, in his life, he, he was in church, he served God, he cared about the things of God, but things had happened and bitterness had slipped in. And he saw things maybe he shouldn't have seen that were maybe going on. I don't, I don't know all of the details, but somehow he allowed that bitterness cause the care that he had for the things of God to slip out of his heart. And he decided he was going to live life for himself. He's going to work, make his money, take care of his family, do all those things. But he wasn't going to serve God. He wasn't going to go to church. That was done. And then he was diagnosed that he was going to die. And while he's laying in that hospital bed, and I've had people tell me, I thank God I've not had to lay up in a hospital bed for too long. But I've heard people say, you got a lot of time to think. Those things that you didn't think about, you think about. And he began to think about his life, and he looked back, and he saw his kids so far away from God. He saw his wife so far away from God. And he knew that if he didn't do something about his situation, he would die separated from God. He called that Pentecostal preacher in. He says, preacher, I need to, I need to get my life right with God because I care where I'm going to go. I care where I'm going to eternity. A few years ago, I didn't care. But I do care now because I'm fixing to take some last breaths here. My life, if the doctors are correct... I won't be here long. And he began to care about his soul. But he said, I also care about my children and where they're going. I care about my wife. And they need to hear what I know about God. And I want you to tell him, preacher. I want to bring him into this room and I want you to talk to him while I'm here because I'm going to back you up. Every word you say, I'm going to back you up. And the reason I'm going to back you up is because I care now. He said he called his family in, his kids. And that preacher said, I tried. I tried to talk to that son. I tried to talk to that wife. The father backing me up all the way. He said, but I saw the hardness. I saw hardness from the wife. I saw the rejection from the son. It was too late. It was too late. They did not. They did not even care that their dad cared about them. God help us. I'm talking to somebody today that you haven't cared too much. 
you've got to care too. You've got to care too. It's not enough that others care for you. You got to care too. That they care. Well, nobody loves me. Nobody's reaching out to me. Maybe nobody's reaching out to you because you've acted like you don't care. And I know there's some people that use that reverse psychology. They act like they don't care, but they do care. And sometimes God's got to dig it out of us. And he uses that through trials and suffering a lot of times. They just don't care. His church doesn't care. God doesn't care. The question isn't whether they care. The question is, do you care? Do you care? I don't want to lose my care. And it can get knocked out of you. It can get knocked out of you. You say, why are you preaching like this today? Because I care. The Bible says the wounds of a friend can be trusted. The reason a friend sometimes wounds you is because they care about you. And they know that you might reject them and walk away from them, but they care enough to say something to you. And I'm here to tell you, a preacher that loves you cares enough to preach to you the truth, whether you walk away or not, whether you go down to the church down the road or not, you still got to care for people to tell them the truth in love. Come on, stand with me. Hallelujah. Let's care a little bit about worship today. Let's care a little bit about the things of God today. Will you lift your voice with me? Will you just ask God, God, don't let me lose my care. Don't let me lose my care. Do you care that you might be lost? Have you ever really even just sat down and allowed someone to take you through a Bible study? just to see maybe what they're saying might have some validity to it. Hallelujah. Do you care? Because I'm promising you, if you don't care now, you will care later. You don't care about your soul now, you will care later. We got to care about a lost world today. Hallelujah. 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 You know, Tiffany, you're engaged to Joe now. <laughs> Joe's the first baby I dedicated. And he's always been a good young man. Never have had any problems from Joe that he's ever told me. Amen. But you see, why should we care about these other kids that's up here at an altar alone? Well, see, that's not my... If that was your kid, you'd be right up here with them, wouldn't you? Why should we care? Because you see, Tiffany, you might marry him one day. 
That's why we need to save them. They might be our future sons-in-laws and daughters-in-laws. We got to care about these as much as we care about our own. I know there's not as much we can do as we can with our own. But we got to care. Will somebody come up here and pray with this young girl that comes? She comes up to this altar every week. Hallelujah. And we got to be a church that cares about coming around an altar. Amen. A lot of times we don't care about coming around the altar because we don't see the importance of coming around the altar. It's important that we come, amen, as a body together, supporting one another, caring for one another. Hallelujah. Not just coming when I need something, but coming when somebody else needs something. Coming up here ready to minister. Coming up here ready to pray with somebody else. Because it's not just me caring about me, but it's me caring about others. It's me caring about the Lazarus that is at my gate going hungry and starving to death. Hallelujah. It's about the young kids that come to this church with no mom and dad. Praise God. But somebody's got to be a mom and dad to them and care for them. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, forgive me for the times I haven't cared, Lord. I know we as one person can't do everything. But we as a body can do much together. One, and as you each reach out to someone, as we each reach out to Lazarus, Lord, in our lives. Hallelujah. 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 Show us those things we need to care about, God. Show this church the things it needs to care about, Lord. It's not enough just to have truth. Hallelujah. It's not enough just to have the truth. You got to care that others don't know Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God. In the name of Jesus, touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Do you care today? Do you care where our world is spending eternity? I need you. Do you care where you're going to spend eternity? No one else will do. Don't you think it's even worth taking a little look into? Don't let the cares of this world Suffocate the care for the things of God. No one else will do. I need you. Because I do need you, God, today. I need you now, Lord. I need you now, Lord. I need you now, Lord. I care now, God. I need you. Oh, yes. No place, no one else. Care before you lose your family. Care before you lose your marriage. Care before you lose your kids. Care before you lose your soul. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We care, Lord. Bless, Lord. Touch, Lord. Help us, Lord, to reach out to others because we care. To reach out to that Lazarus, Lord, that's at our gate, Lord. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus. We need you, God. Our world needs you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I care, Lord. 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 I care what your word says. I care what your what your word says, Lord.